Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case of loving. Who? Nothing's gonna come out. I got a bad case of love. Welcome to a bad case of loving. Who? The podcast that is never ever getting spit from an ox ever again, no matter how much you need it. I'm Thomas Medina, and joining me, threat level beetroot. It's Christopher Stennett. Hello. Our threat level B. Never heard that before. Oh, that's uh, the threat level we always put on around here when we know that you're going to be on the podcast. Fair enough. Which is all the time. Must be from high command. Indeed. Uh, well, it's a pretty special episode today, isn't it? Because uh, it's a bad case of loving who first. We have three episodes to catch up on. Uh, <laughs> because we've missed the past couple of weeks. So we we've got a few issues. It all happened. And there were three episodes. It all happened, yeah. Uh, I don't, as far as you can remember, have we even done an episode on uh, on two Doctor Who episodes before? We may have done one on two, but I'm mm. pretty sure we never covered three in one episode. Yeah, I'm just already anticipating the the podcast episode title is just going to be ridiculously long. Oh well. <laughs> um, yeah, so that means we'll be covering uh, season eleven, episode five, six, and seven, and um, partly because that's a lot to cover, and partly because I'm just not going to remember as much about some of that. Uh, we might not be going quite as in-depth on each of them as we usually do, but we'll certainly cover them in nice broad strokes. And particularly, I also feel like this season, well, every season of Doctor Who, but definitely this one, every episode is so different that I always, uh, if I remember like last week's episode, I'm like, well, was that really just last week? That feels like so long ago. Because uh, each one so really, yeah. I also find that because they've been so good, they stick in your mind and you feel like they've been out for ages. Yeah, that's a good point. Because each one really kind of stands out in its own way. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Is it, I think That's not the words you just said exactly, is it? Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I feel like I almost just repeated what you said, but I agree. Right, so, um, yeah. <laughs> excellent. Let's dive into the first episode then, the Sangara Conundrum, written by Tim Price and Chris Chibnall, directed by Jennifer Perrot. IMDb synopsis is like this. Injured and stranded in the wilds of a far-flung galaxy, the Doctor, Yaz, Graham, and Ryan must band together with a group of strangers to survive against one of the universe's most deadly and unusual creatures. Um, so that's a pretty good synopsis for the episode. And unusual uh, is definitely <laughs> indeed. Um, yeah, so this episode um, begins on this rubbish planet, um, which was an interesting place to start, do you think? It was very interesting. And it sort of didn't really connect, I feel. Sort of felt separate the whole episode. 
Absolutely. I'll, I'll just tell the listener, uh, we're laughing a little bit as we do this because we've already talked about this episode, but the recording fell apart. So, uh, so we're repeating some stuff hilariously. But yeah, the rubbish planet is just at the start and then it seems like an accident that they're just picked up by the ship from there. Uh, quite a coincidence. Indeed. And they never yeah, go back. Before that, it sort of feels like they just fall into things and that aren't really actually intended on the ship. Yeah, and it would have been interesting. Well, the Doctor says a few times throughout the episodes, uh, I've really got to get back to my TARDIS. So I thought we would, would go back to the rubbish planet. Uh, but we never yeah. even see it at all, do we? They don't even get oh, back to the TARDIS. We don't even go back. So. But on um, well, the next episode, we go, we see them on the tires. So, mm. um, I found that the Doctor wanting to get back to the TARDIS in that first part of the episode, where she really just only wants to get back to the TARDIS and doesn't realize that she is um, putting the rest of the ship in jeopardy. That's that yeah. was sort of very human and really quite a nice moment, I thought. Yeah, quite different and interesting to see that. Um, and then we've got our monster on the ship, of course, this Pating, which uh, wants to eat the ship apart while they're all on it. Um, what did you think of the Pating? It could solve a lot of waste problems indeed i imagine if they got it back to that rubbish planet that would have been interesting it just feed it batteries on radioactive waste mm. and it was quite um well designed and kind of cute uh reminded me of something from star wars a bit well it reminded me of the adipose so. yeah yep Small and cute like the adipose, but much more brutal and hungry. Yes. <laughs> CGI. Yeah, and I found Yeah, it must have cost some a few pennies um to make that because it looked really good. And it was interesting to have a monster that doesn't want to attack the people directly, but it's just uh it's just doing its thing it's just eating can't stop eating the ship yeah. so that's the danger it's um not quite so direct oh not direct like tim shaw or the master is but um, yeah yeah so we've had like tim shaw is like a pretty full-on villain but the rest of the episodes this season not very villainous we had a sort of villain in a way um it was just um, getting things out of order in history, so that yeah, the open never happened. Um, for about the second episode, where it was clearly the planet trying to kill them. Oh yeah, that's right. That was more kind of a well, as you say, yeah, planet trying to kill them. And what was the third? Was that Rosa? Yeah, Rosa was the third, and then, and then the fourth. fourth were the spiders. Yeah, spiders. 
Again, they didn't really want to destroy them. They just wanted to be there. But yeah, quite a few kind of natural things, natural enemies. Yeah. Um, I wonder, is the pating like chemicals or designed or just naturally occurring? Yeah, that's <laughs> an interesting question. in outer space every now and then. <laughs> and I wonder if we'll come across Pating again. That'd be nice if they can afford to animate it more. <laughs> My bit was designed by the same people that designed the um, the cloth and the droids and the stuff in episode two. Oh, that'd be interesting if it all came back cool. together. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, there was a. A lot of good stuff in this episode, I thought, like the things we've talked about, a lot to like. But overall, I I didn't really love it, unfortunately. It's probably my least favorite this season. I still liked it, but uh, it just didn't really pop for me. It didn't feel very exciting, which because uh, like it reminded me of something like 42, which Chris Chibnall also wrote. But um, 42 had so much excitement and drive and um, a lot of danger, whereas this uh, just kind of ambled along and I didn't find it that engaging, unfortunately, even though I'd usually love a space episode like this. How about you? A lot of good parts and good ideas, but not really anything to sort of link them and tie them all together in a dramatic way. Yeah. Yeah, and, well... Tell me, did you have a favourite moment in this episode? Oh, for sure. <laughs> um, where Yaz um, ripes the pating in, um, in the bush and the, like, paper, like the <laughs> thing, and um, then runs away and kicks it. And as she's kicking it, she... Um, says Shaborn Chamberlain with the goal kick to herself. And uh, that's my favourite part of the episode. Anything that works together, football and Doctor Who, that's my kind of episode. <laughs> well, I certainly didn't understand that moment, but I thought of you when it happened. <laughs> yes, Shaborn Chamberlain, the England goalkeeper for the Lionesses. <laughs> but we know that fantastic as watches um women's football so. yeah we know that and we also know that graham watches call the midwife so yeah few okay. viewing habits although from this episode he, although he does turn away at the squeamish bits <laughs> yeah. um uh just because i just thought of it can i bring up a crazy theory that I yes. heard on um, I on that show on ABC any actually crazy theories in this series have yeah this is the first main big one that I've got um, so um, I didn't think of it of course I just got it from uh, the ABC show Whovians where they talk about Doctor Who have you ever watched that I have watched it but I tend to only like to watch it after we've done this so i don't get ideas from that yeah great call um yeah they had this 
Someone had this theory, though, which uh, would be pretty crazy if it comes true, that uh, Graham is an alien. And Ooh. that sounds crazy at first, but then, unfortunately, I don't have all the details here in front of me. Uh, well, we can talk about it more on next time we chat. But um, there are all these little details that maybe make it uh, seem like a legitimate possibility that Graham is an alien. There's one time, I think it's in it's in either Demons of the Punjab or Kablam, uh, that he says something like, uh, oh, I'm 500 and something years old, like as a joke, but they think he's actually just telling the truth. He's actually that old. Um, so, yeah, watch out for that, basically. That would be, that would be high espionage indeed. <laughs> indeed. <laughs> Great. Uh, any final thoughts on Sangaraj conundrum or shall we move to the uh, next? Another few things that um, I liked in particular was the um, the birth. Or the oh, guy's yes. birth. Again, not a whole lot to do with the episode because he doesn't actually do much <laughs> other than yeah. just the baby. <laughs> But I did like um, him having a baby and obviously um, Ryan and Graham helping him through that process. Yeah, and Ryan and Graham are just such a funny pair. They continue to be very entertaining. And uh, although there's still a bit of um, grace in both of them, I feel. Mm, indeed. Yeah, and it's funny how stuff like that, like their relationship is so slowly ticking along this season. Nothing major is happening in any of their relationships. They're just really slowly building. So um, yes. I wonder where it's going to end up. Yes, and again, we don't really find out a lot about Yaz in that episode. Um, yeah, we're certainly doing indeed. the next episode, so... Absolutely. Shall we move on to that one? I think we should, yes. Let's do it. Demons of the Punjab, written by Chris Chibnall. Gee, he writes a lot this season. <laughs> and directed by Jamie Childs. IMDb says this. Yasmin travels in time to visit her grandmother during her youth in the partition of India, but everyone gets caught up in the tragic bloodshed of that era. Um, so this was a surprising emotional episode i thought um i didn't expect another one so kind of in a lot of ways similar to to rosa in a good way so soon but uh what did you make of it oh i um quite loved it actually hmm. uh, it's, again you were saying with rosa how it was the story you didn't know much about the Civil rights movement in America. Yeah. How that all started. Well, I didn't know anything about this in Pakistan and India. So it was very enlightening for me just to um, see that time reimagined. Yeah, certainly. Same for me. They're, they're definitely not just going back to the usual kind of typical big uh, historical kind of events that we've all seen in 
and TV and Doctor Who lots before. Certainly some yeah, new... They're, they're going back yeah, some more new to events. times in history and events and people. Yeah, and certainly ones... And Vincent Van Gogh, those sort of people. But now we see real events and history yeah. being made. And, like, we've seen the world wars a lot, of course. But, um, yeah, nice to see these different ones, which are certainly seem no less important to know about. Like, the these huge um, sure. things about history um, that they explore really well. It was kind of a similar story in some ways to Rosa that they had to talk about how much can we actually affect this and should we be affecting this? Um, though they really do. I mean, the start is all like definitely don't affect anything here, but then a little later on the doctor is uh, running a wedding. So, <laughs> you know, whatever. So I like at the end how there's the main character who, who has to die basically. And mm. the doctor can't do anything about it, even though, even though, yeah, I feel she definitely want to. Reminds me a bit of um, Waters of Mars. Yeah, but, that good old know. Waters of Mars and and fires of Pompeii kind of thing. Of course, in Waters of Mars, the doctor does actually save the person he's not meant to. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And then, uh, well, yeah, that ending, it, it crept up on me how emotional the ending was, actually, because uh, the episode was going along. I thought, this is good. This is fine. And then uh, it all just kind of comes together at the end, I thought, and uh, it really hit me quite well. Um, and really him. powerful episode. Um, and him, yes. Love how, again, we were talking earlier about how the... um. The villains in this series don't don't really seem a lot like villains. The villains mm, in yeah. this episode. Do you talk about the alien monsters, or do you talk about the just guy who wants to um, be like the revolution? The yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. They think that those aliens are the villains, but they turn out to be completely harmless, completely just uh, friendly watchers of the dead, which is it was a really cool idea too. How they, uh, I wonder if that'll come back, how they just uh, yeah. they uh, stay with people when they're dying alone. That's a really sweet idea. And well, there was this... Yeah, and there was just that beautiful moment at the end where you saw, like, um, that main guy's face joining all the faces in their place. Um, that was, yeah, just a really beautiful moment. Um, uh. Yeah, but then that young guy is kind of turns out to be the villain, the, the brother. Yeah. Um, yeah, we. Uh, I sort of get his actions, but at the same time, it seems like he's missing a lot. Very guided by his um, 
what has been told and what it thinks should happen. Absolutely. Yeah, and maybe that's it's something more about the villains this season that they're very, a lot of them, are, not Tim Shaw so much, I guess, a lot of them are very human. When we do have villains, they're really, they're either that racist guy in Rosa or they're this revolutionary guy in this episode or in the next episode we'll have another very human villain. Um, yeah, it's a bit of a running theme as well. Yeah. Much more grounded uh, and down to earth. Oh, you liked his glasses? I loved his glasses. Am I the only one who got a little bit thrown off by that? Maybe I'm just slightly face blind, but um, he looked different, quite different with and without glasses. I was like, is that the same person for half the episode? I totally agree. (laughs) So our first guy... does he appear without glasses at first? Because I yeah. think that's right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because I mean, suddenly there's a guy with glasses. I'm like, who's that? What's going on? <laughs> and um, then it keeps changing back and forth. I realize, oh, that must be the same person. <laughs> now we know uh, how Clark Kent does it. Oh, that's right. Easily fooled. <laughs> Well, I'm glad I wasn't the only one, though. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, yeah, so anything more about Demons of the Punjab? But possibly um, it's it'd be one of my favourites of this season so far, certainly in my top three. I, mm, it's hard to really say for me at the moment because I've really enjoyed pretty much all the episodes. And mm. so um picking them and placing them in an order for me wouldn't be um easy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will say I was slightly slightly ever so slightly put off with this episode by the book endings they do with um Yaz and her grandmother. Oh, yeah. Um, right, didn't so like those bits so much? I didn't know. It just, um, I heard they took me out of the story a bit. Right. So it took me out of um India and this whole thing. I mean, I agree it's um, an important story, but um, just sort of it took me out of that. India, mm. and just now that's reminding me of uh, Father's Day actually from season one, uh, which has a similar kind of book ending with Rose's mum at the start and end there, and then going back to meddle with time. Uh, quite a few similarities there actually. I'll just uh, start the one with Rose when she goes back. Yeah, tries to save her dad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, excellent. I also thought the uh, one last thing about Demons of Punjab was uh, I enjoyed the soundtrack. Like, uh, oh yeah, nothing Great. too thematic or over or out there, but uh, some cool like rhythms and ethnic stuff as well. It really uh, felt popped. very um, Eastern. Um, East. Yeah. 
some some stuff. So yeah, it was really yeah. cool. Rose who towards um, the episode. Absolutely. And especially at the end where um where we see the doctor and Yaz and just walking away and this um music really hits a crescendo there. Yeah, oh and that's right. It's another one just like Rosa the final track plays through the credits oh, yeah. and the trailer. Um, um keeps that emotion yeah. going. Mm. Yeah, that's a really cool um, thing that they've been doing. Yes, I I quite like it. But I think it yeah. should be done way more often. Yeah. Well, shall we kablam? We shall. All right, kablam is written by... I'll just order oh, it right now. I'll just <laughs> order it from the kablam. Oh, great. Let's get a Kablam man. Uh, Kablam! Exclamation mark. It's written by Pete McTigg. I hope I pronounced that vaguely right. And directed by Jennifer Perrot. Again, just like... um, What were we talking about? This is Ngaro Conundrum. And IMDb synopsis goes like this. A mysterious message arrives in a package addressed for the Doctor, leading her... Graham, Yaz, and Ryan to investigate the warehouse moon orbiting Kandoka and the home of the galaxy's largest retailer. Nice. So, well, I mean, first off, the Doctor ordered a fez, which is perfect because... We don't know whether... Yeah. I, I would say we don't know whether it was this doctor or it could be matt smith after he yeah. loses his fez thanks yeah that's right i'm assuming it was matt smith and i think it works perfectly because there's that bit where uh he wakes up in in the big bang i think and he feels his head and he's like i can buy another fez yep. and so he really just went and ordered one <laughs> but Three seasons to get to him. No, right. sorry. Five seasons to get to him. Oh, yes. <laughs> Quite a lot of seasons. Oh, I just want to ask, is this the first episode where Christian isn't credited as a writer? I think that probably is accurate. Yep, as far as I remember, that'd be right. So, yeah, that is interesting. Um, and that's interesting because uh, at first, and for a lot of this episode, I kind of thought, oh, yeah, this is going to be a decent episode, but kind of filler, nothing uh, too important to the season or uh, nothing too crazy, just a nice filler episode, which in the end... I really enjoyed the way it all wrapped up in the conclusion, and I thought it was much more than just a filler episode, which I was very pleased by. Um, it sort of felt like a filler episode, but mm. at this time, it feels like so much more. Yeah, 
so many great little elements we can quickly cover like the um i guess just the kablam robots are really cool because they look great and they're also very creepy and creepy um yeah that little head tilt that they do with their smile and the smile forced fake smile yeah and their glowing eyes in the darkness are really good um yeah they're great um what else oh just everyone getting jobs at this factory all our characters <laughs> that was quite fun to see <laughs> i i also think we should talk about the um supporting cast and this this episode and how they really give time to sort of get to know them so we have the yeah. and the the i think it was kira and then Kira um, sounds right to me yes lee matt's character um the um the main guy and the main girl the head of people yeah that's right what's that five supporting characters and all of them were really interesting and well done we got to know them and talk to someone yeah with the multiple companions we can do that really quite easily that's right (laughs) yeah um absolutely and it's it's funny how you know they're trying to work out who's behind whatever's going on and you know there's a few twists you're like is it these bosses and then is it the computer itself that's that's gone evil and um and i really thought they'd go with the computer being evil it felt like that kind of episode where they're like uh we've got to fight the computer um, which I was really glad there was one twist more than that. It really actually surprised me in this episode. I did not see it coming at all that it was the janitor. I thought the janitor would, um, yeah, I thought it was definitely the computer because computer getting the janitor to go down and say, Kira. Yeah. Yeah, and the janitor, he, he was... He acted it really well. He seemed so harmless for most of the episode. Yeah. And then, of course, he changes at the end and he becomes kind of crazy and manic. But uh, he also, I don't think, switched too um, quickly. It, you could see it was still the same person. It wasn't cartoonish. Yeah. Yeah. Not true. Um, Absolutely. And was properly... Like, probably quite violent. Like, actually, bombs in bubble wrap. I mean, what uh-huh. do you think about that? That's that's quite full on. I mean, we've had so many things in Doctor Who that are like ordinary day objects turned scary. Uh, but right. they're just putting actual bombs in. Oh, what was that? Keeping angels. And mm, yep. Yeah, but the weeping angels, unless they snap your neck, they usually just send you through time. I guess the Vashti Narada eat you alive, but uh, but these are just bombs. These are, <laughs> you know, yeah. bombs in bubble wrap. Sure. Are they going to open bubble wrap the same? Yeah. 
it's actually an episode that makes me really uh, look at bubble wrap a different way. <laughs> Might be just um, in a very controlled environment. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was a really cool element. Um, yeah, it's funny, yeah, because it was just a simple episode that all really came together for me, actually. Um, yeah, this great. one is also probably, well, I know uh, these things that I say now about my favorite episodes will probably change, and I'm probably wrong anyway, but just off the top of my head, I think Kablam, Demons of the Punjab, and Rosa are my favorite episodes so far this season. I'd certainly agree about Rosa and um, Demons of the Punjab. Um, Kablam, I'm not quite so sure. This might not be up right up there. To me, it just... Felt more like a filler episode than um, a really important one. Greer was definitely a good filler episode, but didn't quite carry enough for me. To yeah, fair enough. Yeah, um, yeah, had a lot of cool ideas though, of course. Um, and I wonder, like with all the other episodes this season, I wonder what might come back later or whether nothing will could go either way yeah did um what i found during the season was um until sangar we didn't really see a lot of the endings so to say um we sort of just left the 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 cameo appearances straight away. So we wouldn't right. see any of them. Um and then with Singara we got um the the prayer at the end and then again with um with um Punjab we just sort of left them and then saw our grandmother. And then with Kablam I was hoping that right at the end we'd go back and see Holly Mac's daughter mm. um, and Yaz give her the necklace. And that would just cap it off nicely for me. Um, but they didn't. Mm, yeah, I, I at least thought we'd... I at least thought Lee Mac can't be dead, but, uh, gee, Lee Mac really... <laughs> Really got yep. killed off. Yep. <laughs> yeah, uh, and it's funny how because this season is more grounded, how we've mentioned a lot of times, every death, even of just this new supporting cast, feels much more kind of shocking than previous seasons, I think, where you're just happy to see someone get screamingly taken by a monster. You're like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> it's Doctor Who. Um, Even with um, the pilot in Sangara, you know, we feel for her even though we know she's sick, but certainly we know she's very important. She's got um, a mention in this book. 
that the doctor's red and has more like volume in there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, anything else about Kablam? I sort of want a package from Kablam. Yeah. <laughs> not, to, not to open the bar wrap, but just to see the teleport robots. Yeah, they're pretty awesome. Oh, but they all blew up. That's really sad. I hope they make some more. Yeah. Um, awesome. In and out of episodes. Yeah. I need, well, a, I, new, um... I need a new hat. Blam. And then this blam guy shows up. I take the hat. Yeah. Indeed. Well, I'm excited about next week's episode, um, Witch Trials. I think that'll go r really well with this uh, season. Um, there's just one piece of news we'll hit before we start to wrap up, hopefully. Um, and that is, have you heard that there will be no Christmas episode, but there will be a New Year's Day episode? Um, I... I must admit, I did wonder about that because we haven't heard um, whether they were filming anything. So. Mm. Yeah, so it'll just. Yeah, so it's interesting. Chris Chibnall apparently said uh, that they feel like they're pretty much out of ideas for Christmas Day episodes, which I think that doesn't make any sense. You can do whatever you like on a Christmas Day episode, but. Um, but they've decided to make it a New Year's Day episode to mix things up, I suppose. Um, so that's all right. We're still getting our special just a week later. I don't mind it. Excellent. Did there. Christmas, New Year's. Same sort of week, pretty much. Indeed. Yeah, should be good. Yes, well... But, um. In the lead-ups that we've already covered, I think it's seven episodes this season. That's right. Uh, and it's only ten episodes, so only three to go. As Indeed, you were saying, final three. What's next week? Uh, yeah. Do you think we'll get a two-part? Two parts to end. I don't know. I, I kind of hope for a two-parter. I think that'd be fun. But um, with this season, I really don't know what they're going to do and what a finale will feel like this season. Yeah. I mean, already they felt like they've packed a lot into each episode. So may just yeah. one. Well, we'll see no. within the next few weeks. Excellent. That is our massive triple episode episode. Um, thanks for listening. Here to play us out is that music from the end of the Demons of the Punjab episode because that was good stuff. Um, subscribe on iTunes or any other podcast app, YouTube too, Spotify, Pocket Casts, all of them. Um, and we'll catch you next time. In the meantime, final words come from Chris. Oh, okay. Well, I believe the composer is Sergan Akinola. I think it's Akinola. I, actually, I heard just recently, um, 
I've been saying Sagun Ekanola all this time, but it's actually, uh, what is it? It's Sagan. 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 Sagan? Sagan. <laughs> Sagan. <laughs> Sagan. Slank instead of you. Yeah. S A. Yeah, Sagan. Ekanola. 